have no problem. As he grabs the booze. Twitch is being dumb. Let's go Twitch. I enjoy a good Monday night. All right, we all ready? You want a caramel at apple up before you're ready? Is this one of yours or is this like... That's one of mine. Okay. If the, label, big, if the label's not on the bottle, it's mine. Just got to make sure. I'm not a big fan of like um, the the Jack Apple that they've done in the past. Like it's no, too it's too no, sweet. Like you can't good. have that much sweet and alcohol, in my opinion. Like you're literally drinking the epitome of sweet and alcohol. This is a good mixture. It's not too sweet. Like it doesn't make my teeth want to rattle. You know. <clears throat> like have you ever got that like super sugary feel where it's like oh and stuff, or is that just me? I think it's just you, man. Can't do like really sweet alcohol. Same with like um, cream liqueur, like uh, Kalula or yeah. Bailey's. <sighs> yeah, oh, Bailey's. So, fun fact I cannot drink the Monster Irish coffee drink because it makes me think of just drinking straight Bailey's. You ever had Bailey's in your eye? Did you ever drink Bailey's from a boot? Hey, you know, hey, you know, how, how about this? We just started this fucking podcast. You know what I call this one? Close, you can get to Bailey's without getting your eyes wet. I work with children. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. JB and Danny Oakstad. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 118 of This Week at MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. For your hosts, I'm Matt. Over there, we got Danny, who's taking a pull from a beer. Sir, it's cider, not beer. It's cider, it's alcohol, but it's not beer. It's Monday night. You got to get that. What is that? 4.9. That's actually like a 5.5. Is that a 5.5? If you want to be technical about it. It's a 5%. If you want to be technical about it, if it's distilled the proper way, it is technically a beer. No, it's not. For instance, malt liquors are beers. This is a wine, technically. That's why I said, technically, if it's distilled in a certain way, it's a beer. Yeah, I know Like Mike's Hard Lemonades are beer. Yep. Fun fact of the day. That other voice you hear is the one, the only, Big G. Where's Danny's soundboard for our entrances? Calm down here. We're, we're working on that. I've I've shown him multiple soundboards. Yeah. <laughs> You've only shown me one. And <laughs> multiple what? times. Multiple times. And they, the hey, time. I'm going to go get this. Oh, they sold it. Yeah, because I didn't have the money at the time. And then I look on Friday and it was gone. But we also have with us a special guest. We got a Mew from the Discord. Fight it out. <laughs> What, have you never played the seminal PS1 Classics Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together? No. No. Can't say I have. I, I, I am not the, on the, 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 the funny part about that line is like this microphone is picking it up and making that line sound much better, of which I'm going to make an attempt to... I'm going to attempt to... Dump. Make a... A, a facsimile of what a it sounds like about how compressed it is. One moment. Hold it out. <laughs> Like some some poor Atlas USA intern had to like pull out a microphone from the closet and just put the microphone in a can and then just speak into it. Yes, <laughs> the fucking can sound. Basically, microphone. what we do every weekend. 
but every week. Amu, welcome. Thank you for joining us, man. Have you given the man his card yet? No. I, I did. Yes. I did. I don't think he did. We didn't see it. So you haven't given him the card yet. You need to give him a give him the card. What we need? Yeah, Matt. We need give him the card, Matt. Danny Big G. Come <laughs> Matt. Give him the card, Matt. Yeah, we need Danny Big G verification. It doesn't matter what's in his pockets or in his bags right now. You need to give him the Arid Mesa. We'll cover it at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Live. Let's let's go on and uh, say in saying that we're glad that you all decided to join us this fine day whenever you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching the live stream which we do every monday nights around 7 p.m so we'll sir at 7 35 around 7 p.m around we're closer to eight than seven i was about to say i teach my students about rounding and after the halfway point we're closer to the other hour so am i part of your student class some days i think you might need to be yeah i need to be but am i part of it (laughs) well i do teach you every time i'm here something like i taught you that fun fact about part of your class it depends on which class you're talking of. Hey, Matt, no fucking hey, beating Matt. around the bush. Hey, Matt, you what? forget what you're doing? I'm not forgetting what I'm doing. I'm trying what are to you supposed to be stance. doing? Let's start this episode off by thanking our amazing patrons who think that our con- this content that you're fucking listening to right now is worth supporting. So let's give a big thank you to Big G. You're welcome. Let's give a big thank you to Wade97. A big thank you to Chapman. Demus, Mew the Fox. Thank you so much. What a coincidence. You are, like, honestly, crazy motherfucker. I get <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> yeah. he laughs at you. Fair enough. Fair enough. We got Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, and Jacob. Thank you to each and every one of you for contributing to this podcast. It blows our mind that you think that this is worth sending money towards and to those interested if you think this is worth it as well the money that you're sending towards us can get you put into uh two monthly drawings at the three dollar tier for our patreon you have a booster pack drawing that happens every month and this next month booster pack drawing uh kamigawa will not be out yet so i think we'll decide maybe how about we do a uh, a modern horizons 2 in january january is my birthday month let's do a modern horizons 2 set booster hell yeah as the as the packs to give away Hell yeah. We're going up and beyond for that. So join in the $3 tier, you get put in a drawing for that. At the $10 tier, you get entered in for a monthly drawing for a commander card that's valued around $15 to $20. This last month, we had a Mew win the arid the, the extended art Arid Mesa that you put into your Wildlife deck, right? Yes, I put it in the Wildlife deck. Yeah. So uh, right now, the list currently starts with... Uh, Dried of the Lysian Grove EA because that was the second place winner of last month and then we will add some more cards to that and see where we go from there. So That's that, dangerous. If you want to join in on that, go check out our Patreon. And from there... Oh, Playmats. Not not a Patreon thing exclusively, but we have Playmats. If you want to pick up a Playmat from us, you can hit us up on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, we're selling playmats, and we'll ship them around America and even across the pond if that's needed to those that want for 20 bucks. And not only do we ship our playmats out, but J-Dubs, Sports Cards and Gaming, our amazing sponsor, they have our playmats there too for $20 plus tax. So if you don't want to talk to us, by all means, go check out J-Dubs, Sports Cards and Gaming. Hey, speaking of, let's hear an ad from them. Meow. 
J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. One thing that they're starting up here now that we didn't mention in the ad read is they have Tuesday night trade nights every Tuesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. You show up, you bring all your cards and stuff that you want to trade, you get to hang out with the awesome community that is around J-Dubs, trade cards, interact, it seems like a good time. I have yet to go there because every night, every Tuesday night, I am editing this podcast. So, Danny, Big G, Amu, if you're in town... (laughs) I feel like that's more likely for some of us than others. I'm you. You will be there on Tuesday nights. You will be there. Sorry. <laughs> Tuesdays. Complicated. Everything's complicated with my work schedule. You going to pay for his gas price? Life is complicated. You know. You know. In all honesty. Hey, we've covered this. We want to get all of our patrons fly to North Dakota here at some point. It's a goal. It's a goal of mine now that we mentioned. Pretty that. sure like 80% are from North Dakota. But we here's, got, here's got the real question. We, we got, got Nikki and Chapman. I will fly them in. Hey, don't forget about D Moose. And D Moose will come in hey, as well. Don't forget about third string Chapman either. Yeah, or and Nikki. Call, and call it. I said Nikki. Oh, did, I just heard Chapman. I said Chapman and Nikki. He did say Chapman and Nikki. Boom. What about... Uh, Sorry. He said D Moose now too because you brought that. I one don't D Moose. We don't have to fly in uh, no modifier, but we'll pay for your gas no modifier to come up here. <laughs> I'm I'm blanking his blanking his name from England. Oh, um, Dan. There we go. It's like I because part of it was Dan, but I was like that doesn't seem right. Unfortunately, Dan's not a patron. But Dan, hit, but Dan, hit me up. Come up. Dan, hit me up. I will get. We will work on some tickets here. We'll we'll schedule a date. You know how much tickets are from England? I don't want to know. <laughs> Too damn high. <laughs> you need actually, wait, actually, I think it's the same price as uh, D Moose's ticket to Fargo. Well, then maybe we can make this work out. So we're gonna try and build our patronage up so that way we can fly people to Fargo and just hang out for a night. The problem okay. is, the more people you introduce to it, the more people we have to fly up. Yeah, but hopefully they introduce more people within the Fargo Fargo Moorhead area. True. So that way you got Big G's contribution bank for D Moose's flight to Fargo. I don't know how much of a contribution it is. I keep kicking Chapman's asset drawings, so pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. and he's not even responding in the live chat. I don't think he's here. Chapman, no. No, Chapman, no. Okay, so there's the introduction to this whole podcast. If you're still sticking around after all that, thank you. You are truly amazing. Let's start off this podcast by giving you guys a breakdown of how the the rest of the podcast is going to be laid out for y'all. We're starting off at the Boggle Desk, which has been re, uh, revised to the Big G Desk. We'll just we, remodeled. We'll just yeah, remodeled, um, size appropriate. I thought it was cathedral. Well, it's a cathedral for JB when he's here uh, because I've rebuilt it. Gotcha, gotcha. So we're going to go over to the Big G Desk where we're going to talk about sort reports and the NRG Modern event that just happened this last weekend. 
From there, local game store Paradox has an event coming up that we want everybody to know about because it's a pretty solid deal. From there, we got Danny that'll have a couple blogatogs to tell us about. And then after that, we're going to jump into the news section where we're going to talk about alchemy. And then some Korean and Chinese booster changes and a platinum and silver box set coming to Magic from Beetle and Grimm. After that, we're going to jump to the Conjured Currency section where we'll talk about Magic Finance and then close off with a deck of the week if we have time. So from there, let's jump over to the Boggle Desk, the Big G Desk, the Big G Citadel. When I hear Citadel, I can't help but think of like the Citadel of Ricks from Rick and Morty. Maybe what I was going for there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Salt report, salt report time. talking about it it's, what the fuck it's the jb salt report uh honestly i'm gonna say the only salt i got right now is i really haven't had time to play magic all that much okay okay so the salt report i know Amu has 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 some stuff to add into this because Amu, you came to you came to fargo on friday yep to play uh edh at jdubs with us mm-hmm. and uh do you want do you want to cover any bit of that Oh, what do you want to start with? Well, I was thinking about the six-person uh, hidden... Uh, oh, God. What was that format called again? Uh, Two bandits, an assassin. Yeah, lieutenant. I can't remember what it was, A but king. yeah, it was like king, ally, assassin, two bandits, and something else. Yeah, so we had... Usurper. Yeah, there, there we, we go. There we go, usurper. So we played, and I mean, I know, I know, how, I know the end result of this, and I was happy with it, but <laughs> just just so you know, I would have seconds ah uh, second sunrise twice the next or second approach approach the second sun twice the next turn. Yeah, good good thing <laughs> that I did what I did. So fucking infect. So how this goes is like there's a king that is you have a, a little deck of cards equal to the amount of players. You deal out cards, and each card corresponds with what role you play in the game. And it's, imagine like Werewolf or Mafia, if you've ever played those like group games where there's like... Access allies. It's directly analogous to Bang, the card game that is a card battle game. Yeah, you get different titles and you play the game as you go through and there's like with those titles, those roles, you got to do something like to for for the king to achieve a win, they got to like take out the bandits for the bandits to win. They got to take out the king. The usurper has to take out the bandits and the king. And then there's like a bunch of like uh, intricacies along with it in that. But so we were playing six people and it was like turn six when everything just started to hit the fan because. Uh, Danny was playing a group hug deck. Yeah. A friend of ours, Zach, also was playing a group hug, hug deck. So between Danny and Zach, they were giving us a crap ton of mana and extra draws. I wasn't really doing anything. No, no you had uh, Megas the Vineyard out. And that was giving everybody... Well, it's giving gr- two land, yeah. Two but land. I wasn't giving you extra land. Like two additional mana, land. Two mana extra is significant. Very significant. Yeah, well... I should have won that game. But you didn't. I got mana screwed. So in that game, uh, turns were passing around. Everybody was looking good. And then I was playing my Kenneth deck, which is my hidden Nekusar deck. And I come up and deal 30 infect damage to everybody. So not a sort of report. You can't forget about the time that I almost tried to kill you. And then at the end of the game, we were the same role. Yeah. (laughs) 
fucking bandit too. Yeah, I can't believe that. You're just like, nah, Matt, I'm just going to hit you. Because you were playing your... Because um, it's like, hey, you have 23 cards in hand. I have Sword of War and Peace. This would be funny. Yeah, I had a fucking tails end that goddamn trigger, or I'd be down to one life at that point. You son of a bitch! <laughs> it was good. Not gonna lie, the play was the right play. It's like because c- c- I had a reliquary tower and I had a Rhystic study in play, so every spell nobody was paying, and I was at like twenty four cards by the time that Amiu had uh, Sword of War and Peace, and what you didn't you didn't have attached to anything special, but I had no creatures out of the battlefield, and you're like, you know what, Matt? I'm just gonna fucking doink you. This would be three. funny. Because it was a 1-1 one, one that you attached it to, so it was three damage. And you're coming at me with the sword and war piece. Because it was uh, the, the Kitsune. I think it was I think it was eight and a half tails, which eight and a half tails is a two-two, actually. Oh, was it a, uh, I thought it was the uh Kitsune Evangelical where if you had a fox you gain a life and then you can remove a counter? Or no? Uh Pius Kitsune. Pius Kitsune is a one-three, I believe. Oh. Okay. Well, either way, it was three or four damage that you were dealing. I mean, you had Sword of War and Peace. I had a grip full of uh, a grip full of cards, and you were just like, "Yeah, let's let's do this." I had a tails end that trigger before I'd go down. Actually, I think it was disallow. Oh, it was disallow. It wasn't tails end. Both yeah. do almost the same thing. I love me some tails end and disallow. Both are great. Fucking blue blares. But then it comes to my turn after that, and I deal thirty infect damage to everybody with Nekusar. You're not Nekusar. Uh, Fade Unraveler. I tainted strike it and windfall with all the 30 cards in my hand. <laughs> and one of the players, uh, our friend Zach, was like, wait, you can't do that. Otherwise, you'll lose unless you're the bandit. And then I gave a smirk and I thought it was very good. I wanted everybody to lose. You're a monster. So you did win. Like I play a similar. I, well, I say I played last time I played it probably was like three years ago, but like <clears throat> that is very common with the attacker role is that they end up attacking each other because, oh, we don't want to swing directly at them. That will give it away right away. So we'll swing at each other and then they swing at each other and kill each other. And then the rest of the table wins. That's how it goes. Yeah, because uh, the game before that, you and I, we were attacking each other. Because, like, the game before, I dealt damage to you. And the game before, you, you hit me with a Colossal Hammer, like, twice. And I was, yeah, you killed me that turn. Yeah, because you were playing Infect. Yeah, I was playing my new newly built Abzan well, Infect. One, I thought it was because I hit everyone for a lot with Yuriko. And then the next game, I decided to play Wyoleth and then... Uh, you attacked me out of spite. Yeah, I, the Wyoleth deck, I did attack you out of spite. So it was Yuriko. Oh, fucking, that's right. Yuriko was dealing so much damage. Yeah, because you kept flipping over like five CMC spells and stuff. <laughs> Jutsu deck. Oh, it was so good. Straight hey, for up. what it's worth, I believe I have an excellent luck stat. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. For how many times you flipped over a five CMC spell where it's like, cool, I'm hitting you, Matt, with uh, Umazawa's uh, disciple, or not disciple, descendant, the the one three. Where... Yeah, Tetsuko Umizawa, I yeah. believe it was. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, I can't block. I'm taking this damage, and he's ninjutsu and stuff that's making me discard cards. <laughs> I take extra damage from Eureka. Oh, it was good. I was getting hit a lot. I died that game. Yes, but not for me. I did not win that game. Yeah, I got knocked out. You knocked me down to, like, I was at five? And then was it... It was Adam that came in to close out the game with his Vrall deck. The Yeah. You, like, had a bunch of plant tokens he had made with... Uh... One of the Vivians. Nissa with Nissa. A, the the Nissa that made a one plat tokens from yeah. Battle for Syndicar. And then all of a sudden he overwhelming stampede because not overwhelming. Uh it was overwhelming. 
the the one that where it's all overrun. It, it's like a crater huff. It is. No, it's not it's over, over. No overwhelming, overwhelming stampede. Yeah, it is overwhelming. overwhelming. Okay, so overwhelming gives plus X plus X equal to the greatest power of creatures you control. And he had a twenty four twenty four hanger pack walker. Yeah. So he gave he gave like six plant tokens and his hanger back walker plus twenty four plus twenty four with and trample. trample. And yeah, a Mew just knocked us all down to like nothing. Like I was I was in like threes or fives. Danny was, was designed to do. It did a good job. <laughs> And then I was playing hogs the entire night, so and, whatever. And Adam, Adam just closed it out with big trample beats. Any any other assault reports? No, I told you the only thing I got on assault report is I haven't played much Magic lately. There also was the incredibly funny card that I played during that with my eight and a half tails deck with Ernest Fellowship it was very funny. Oh my god, the fucking Ernest Fellowship. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, you got to tell the pe- you got to tell the listeners about uh, Ernest Fellowship because that card is fucking stupid with eight yes. and a half tails. It is. Oh my god! So Ernest Fellowship is an enchantment for one and a white that says each creature has protection from its colors. Yes, all of them, including your opponents. Hey, are you playing an enchantment deck? Are you playing a deck where you're targeting your own creatures? Because why wouldn't you? Guess what? Your cards can't target your cards because they have protection from themselves. I couldn't mutate. I was playing my uh, Abzan Infect deck, and it has a sub-theme of mutate on there. And I was going to start beating wholesale ass with, like, these six sixes and three fours on my 1-1 one, one Infects, but then, no. You have to cast this Fellowship card, and it's like, oh, crap, all these cards are just, like, dead in my hand right now because I can't even mutate after the fact because they all have protection from their color. <laughs> Aside from like you know the fun pa- the fun thing you actually are supposed to do with it is that you are supposed to make all your opponent's creatures white and so that way you can swing in with your white creatures. Oh, I got I got to tell you, um, Zach, the guy that we were playing with, he texted me the next day. He's like, "Yo, your friend's deck was so spicy. He liked it a lot. I just got to let you know that Zach appreciates <laughs> your fucking deck so much." Yeah, no, all it took for it to actually go off was uh, all of my lands tapping for three mana and drawing three cards a turn. <laughs> And you're welcome. Yeah, I was about to say, but I, when I keep you, playing Danny. it in Ultima, I get no success, and I'm the first person out. Like <laughs> the last time I played with it, uh, they sure tested the shields. I'm like, thanks guys for testing the shields. I feel like your resources could be better spent. That's great. That's so fucking great. Yes. Also, a thing about Crackdown that I actually realized is that oh I can't use I can't <laughs> use it to untap people's creatures because technically speaking. Uh, the first time you get priority is during their upkeep, which is after their stuff is untapped. And the color ability is only until end of turn. So I can't do it at my opponent's end step. Then when it's reached the other opponent's upkeep, well, that window's passed. So sadly, I can't do that. But it's still a funny card. The interactions with priority and stuff like that. Yeah, some good shit. Okay. Uh, Big G, you want to talk about the energy series that we have listed up here? <laughs> Sure can. I can get distracted from Danny and I just sending gifts to each other. <laughs> All right. So this last weekend, we had the NRG Series trial in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This was a modern event. So just kind of running in the same, same spiel we did uh, these last couple of times while I was here. We're going to go a little bit more in depth with the top two decks and then just kind of glaze over... <laughs> No, Matt's getting tall the gifts. <laughs> and then glaze over into seeing what the top eight results were. So coming in at first place, 
We've got a Sultai Infact deck, which I know Matt would probably be so proud of right now. I am, yes. So, jumping into the creatures, we've got four Glistener Elves, four Ignoble High Arcs, four Noble High Arcs, four Blighted Agents, and four Phyrexian Crusaders. And then jumping in the spells, two Blooming Defenses, one Groundswell, four Might of Old Carosa, and four Mutagenic Growths, four Scale Ups, four Vines of Vastwood, and one Become Immense. And then jumping into the lands, one Breeding Pool, two Forests, four Ink Moth Nexus, four Misty Rainforest, two Overgrown Tombs, one, one Petal Haven, one Urborg, one Vertant Catacombs, and one Waterlogged Road. And sorry, that's four Vertant Catacombs. And then the sideboard, we've got some Fatal Pushes, two of them, three Spell Pierces because Danny loves his blue counter magic. Two Veil of Summers because he hates his blue counter magic. <laughs> four Endurances and four Force of Vigors. So honestly, I, I've i been looking at maybe doing an Infect deck for Modern just because, um, Matt, you know this. I like to keep the people guessing even if I'm known as the ally elf guy at Modern League. I definitely like showing up with a different deck every once in a while so that way people don't even know what the heck to prepare for when it comes to me. Well, let me just say let me just say, I want I want to come out upon this. You want to come say, out of the closet finally? Oh, she's so proud of you. About time, man. Way to do it live I've, on Twitch. I've how, been old for Infect before it showed up in a top eight result of the CFB event. I love me some Phyrexian Crusaders. And, and, this deck is just like pretty fucking solid. The fact that more people are playing it, it's good. And that way, hopefully, it can like breed more evolution in what the deck can and can't do. Because it's like, okay, so we're dealing with uh, the likes of Teferi, Time Raveler, Solitude, Fury, and things like that. How can Infect live in a world like this? And then especially compared to something like Hammer Time. Like, it's unfortunate. I do believe Hammer Time is really good compared to uh, Infect because Hammer Time does have the staying power as Infect just it puts all of its pump spells into the graveyard. Where Hammer Time it's like oh cool I got the artifacts on the battlefield still in worst case scenario I'm able to like go into a long game with this where typical Infect you know they kind of peter out it's like they do their, their, their glass cannon kind of effect their shots and they miss they miss and they gotta take a little while to build up. I still do think Hammer Time is better than uh natural infect but i think the only thing that's making this run very well is that they're going into bug and have an access forcing access into the phyrexian crusader which wins a lot of combat dodges a lot of removal and stuff so are you done i'm trying to read what wade's writing but i'm just not even going to do it maybe though there is some fun way fun way to get both hammer time and infect together one cohesive unit anyway Jumping into number two spot, we- we've got some Orzov Hammer. Speaking of a hammer deck, so this one's a companion deck with Lurus. And with the creatures, we've got four Menmites, four Ornithopters, four Esper Sentinels, one Ginger Brute, one Core Outfitter, one Pure Steel Paladin, four Stoneforge Mystics, one Thought Seize for the spells, and the artifacts. We've got those four Colossal Hammers, one Shadow Spear, four Springleaf Drums, and a cranial plating, as well as Sigari's aid for those four copies of it for that enchantment spot. 
And jumping into the lands, we've got four concealed courtyards, one flooded strain, one godless shrine, three ink moth nexuses, one marsh flats, four plains, four silent clearings, and four Urza sagas. Sideboard, and this does include the Luris, we've got an Isle Spellbomb, Pithing Needle, two Prismatic Endings, three Thought Seizes, two Defense Grids, one Hushbringer, two Sacrificers, and two Seal of Cleansings. That is Sanctifier Invect that, uh, that Big Sorry. G missed out on there. My bad, I forgot the Invect. <laughs> My bad, I was trying to read fast, okay? Gotta go fast. So that way we don't take up all of our time on event results, like we did the one time. So then we talking about this deck a little bit. I know for me, I have a hammer deck, and I just run the mono-white version, but I also do have more of a Azorius hammer-style deck, um, but it's more of the, you know, I'm just going to suit up and go. And I like the, like the counter magic to it. It's Are honestly you? very surprising. Um, looking at uh, mtgmeta.io, the win percentage that Infect has against Orzov Hammer is 0%. They're very non-favored in the Orzov uh, Colossal Hammer matchup, Infect is. Man, I wonder how that turned out then for Infect to place over. Do we have live footage of it? Do we? Do we? Do we? Uh, the top eight matches, let's see, four color. Orzov Hammer played against Shadow and beat it. Then, this does not give me links. Yeah, well, while Matt's looking that up. Third place was a four-color mid-range deck. This is an Urion deck, so it's got some Ice Fang Quaddles, Eternal Witnesses, four Omnath of Creations, some Fury, some Solitudes. Yeah, so it's kind of running that four-color nonsense. we got some Time Warps in there, uh, Expressive Iterations, that kind of stuff in there. So, Honestly, I haven't seen this version of the deck, so. Yeah, this is pretty much like going off the fact that it's like getting all the, the, the four color spells, good stuff, and blinking it with Ephemerate because Ephemerate is really fucking good with, with, with Omnath, Fury, Solitude, um, Eternal um, Witness. Um, 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 and it's like you just keep getting them back. Like you, you cast Eternal Witness after the fact that... Uh, Ephemerate goes at the graveyard, return Ephemerate to your hand, blink it, or cast it on the Omnath Locus of Creation, or Ice Fang Quaddle, or Solitude, or whatever big thing that's going to be removing the board presence from your opponents. This deck is putting up great results still. Yeah. Alright, fourth place, we've got a Rakdos Luris deck, so this has Luris as the companion. Four Dragon Rage Channelers, some Ragavans on Modern Horizons 2 card after my own heart, and that's uh, the Voidwalkers. I still want to find a way to just completely use and abuse that card. I can't find it, though. Move to Legacy. There's some pretty good shit with that. Yeah, I can't I can't afford Legacy, man. Fun fact, Legacy is more affordable than you think. You don't need the fucking uh, OG duels and stuff like that to be able to be competitive. You're right, just, you just, don't. Just a side note on that. but You don't, but I also work on Sundays, so I can never go to Legacy League. So, Fair enough. And unfortunately, student debt and children outrank playing Magic on a Sunday. Fair enough. That's what my wife told me to say. <laughs> She's the boss. She is. Matt questioned that the other day when we were getting the schedule set up. Oh I was really, like, man? I was no, like, no, no, no. no, I gotta, I gotta double check with the boss and make sure my time off, 
my time off request gets put in. Request for leave of absence. Yeah, and my granted. And like originally, I'm like, does he actually mean his boss on Monday nights? I'm like, nah, he has to mean Shelby. So if I can, like, do you mean your wife? My my exact response is, I said what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry you don't you don't have to travel to come to the podcast. You just get to do it in your own house. There's a reason why it's at his house. Right. All right. So fifth place. Oop. Wrong button. So we've got Golgari Yogmoth. And I gotta expand it out. There we go. So this one, let's see here. Actually I haven't seen this deck before, so I'm looking at it. Don't worry, this is a little more of a toolbox variance of the typical Yagmoth decks that we've seen in the past because it has uh, Essence Warden as one of, a Prosperous Innkeeper as one of, a Zooport Cutthroat as one of, a Hapatra Vizier of Poisons as a one of, and I'm assuming the single Rex Sage is in there for the Urza Saga decks or the Blood Moons that a lot of people do still play. But other than that, it's a typical uh, Yagmoth style deck. It's just like focusing more in on Court of Calling and Eldritch Evolution lines and stuff, because you can sack a Young Wolf to be able to get a Zulaport Cutthroat or a Prosperous Innkeeper. I think the thing that threw me off was that Zero Poisons in the deck, but it makes sense. Huh. Fun deck. All right, cool. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> so, sixth place then, we've got some Azorius Control, Matt's favorite deck to play against Danny and make him cry. Uh, yeah, I'm not much of an Azorius player. Well, Chris you, is all the way. You like playing blue, so that's I what do, I was getting at. I do like playing blue. I just don't play. Well, you'll never have the chance to win then if you continue not to play. Again, just like you, I have other things that prioritize <laughs> magic. <laughs> Luckily, I've, I've, I've managed to talk my wife into, because it really is, it's my self-care. I go play magic, and that lets me do a reset as far as being stressed out and everything. So anyway, jumping into seventh place, we've got another Orizov hammer deck and doing the quick rundown on the list. Yeah, it's there's, there's something different and I can't find it. Uh, they got the full, uh, they got old four thought seizes in the side instead of having one in the main. Ah, that's what it is. Thank you. So yeah, yeah. there we go. That's the only difference. And then eighth place, we've got a, Grixis Death's Shadow deck. So this also has the Loris in it for the companion. Four of those Death Shadows, Dragon Range Channeler, um, Croxa, and a lot of things to make you lose life and make those Death Shadows even bigger. This is the uh, Cory Baumeister dress down variant that we saw in like SEG, uh, the SEG event that happened like a month ago. Yeah. So there you go. There's your top eight, like we said. A little bit more in-depth through the top two, just because I know that's what a lot of people are going to be looking at more so of. And then just a quick overview of the other pieces of top eight. But next, we've got an upcoming event here again. So it's, like Matt said, this is a local event for those of you who are in Fargo or the surrounding area. This first upcoming event seems to be a really good deal. Why am I reading Matt's exact notes for this? Because I take my sweet-ass time making these notes. Okay, sorry. Sorry, let me get into this. I'll restart here from the beginning. Don't worry, I'm not cutting this part out just because of this. (laughs) Good, I'm glad. (laughs) This first upcoming event seems to be a really good deal. Good emphasis. Appreciate it. Anytime I teach language arts. (laughs) 
Paradox in Fargo is hosting a Modern Horizons 2 two-headed giant event January 1st at 2 p.m. You can join for some great prizes like free pre-release for a year. Pre-releases is multiple. Multiple. Not just one. You get free free pre-releases. he's going to kill you. (laughs) No, I'm just going to make him drink more and get drunk. And then kill you. Nah, that's too easy. People will see it coming. But that's the first place prize. But he won't. Yes, the first place prize is to get drunk and die. No, it's, no. Actu- it's actually to win all of these free pre-releases for a year. So the price is $79.99 per team. So if you need that math done for you at home, it's about 40 bucks a piece. So grab a buddy. Get brushing up on your two... He- sorry. Modern Horizons 2 sealed knowledge and probably also how to work well with another person and make a good two-headed giant team. Indeed. Do you want me to go into further events and pull up the actual link now? No. For the no, for Paradox has? Yes. I covered it all in there. I know. I'm I giving it. you shit, I man. All the- Dude, I'm giving you shit. But what you didn't cover in there is the event format. <laughs> And, and just be- just in case you guys didn't catch on, this is a two-headed sealed event. So you're going to get eight Modern Horizons 2 draft boosters to construct your decks. And then per person. Each team, not, not eight per person, each team. You can't have eight packs per team. I am literally oh. reading it off the website, sir. Okay. Shut your mouth. I'll shut my mouth. Sir. Acknowledged. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and then top four, booster draft. So um, I know I think I'm going to do my best to actually try and be at this one just because it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. And it's been a long time since I've done a two-headed draft sealed event. So anyone, uh, anyone, anyone, anyone here at the table? I think I got Danny agreeing to be with me. You, you're going to fucking Unless subjugate yourself to that? Sir, the last time I did a two-headed giant with this guy was back in Theros Block. And your point? It's been a while. He agreed. He accepted me first. I didn't say agreed. I just Hold said on. I'll think about it. <laughs> Son okay. of a bitch. I can be bought. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here you go. Here you go. Since we're since we're going to take a quick break before we get to the blog talk. <laughs> now we are anyway. You guys know Chad Kroger, right? Lead singer Nickelback? This is going to be a joke of sorts. I'm anyway. Pre- I'm prepping up for a joke, okay? No, I don't. Who is that? Oh, well, he's the lead singer of Nickelback. Oh, really? Yeah. Who, who's Nickelback? An amazing Canadian rock band. And if you say any different, I will hurt you. Canada but, uh, has rock bands? I, I, I'll be honest with every every listener out there. Nickelback? This is than- a break. They're not going to listen to this. I'm putting this in here. I'm putting this in here just because of this Nickelback Liar. conversation. First off, Nickelback, they make great songs and people that are just like, oh, fuck Nickelback. They're just doing it because they're fucking cheap. They follow all the, the music scene and shit like that. It's like, no. Nickelback Nickelback makes great bangers of songs. You got Animal, you got Saturday, and you got fucking... Uh, Don't forget about Sex. Sex is great. Yeah, Nickelback, great band. They make bangers of songs. They know what they're fucking doing, and people just hate on them. Okay, anyway, back to my news story. <laughs> Chad, Chad Kruger and Avril Lavigne. No, Chad they, Kruger. They were, they were not meant Chad Kruger, for the last 30 years, because it's almost Christmas time. Yeah. Okay. 
He's been a part of nativity plays. He's played a bunch of different roles. He's been Joseph. He's been Mary a few times. He's played the end of a donkey. He's played a cow. There was one time he got to play BB Jesus. But you want to know one thing he never made it as? No. He never made it as a wise No, man. here's the thing, man. He's going to be done doing these nativity plays because he never made it as a wise man. But, um... You motherfucker, you took away my punchline. I did. You <laughs> son of a bitch. That's meant for you. Fucking just wrecks had, everything. Wrecks everything. exactly where hey, you're going with hey, that. Hey, Danny. What's up? You want to talk about these blogatogs since we're in the room with an asshole who ruins punchlines? Uh, I suppose. Thanks, man. Take my mind off of someone ruining <sighs> my joke. <laughs> dick you agreed to this bullshit you did i told you this was torture for you and you accepted you you said you, you said you laugh at torture and you sent a sir. jay jonah jameson gif he mad sir he mad sir he mad you said nothing about ruining my punchlines it's he torture mad. sir that is not torture is chairman it not? take a shot and shut up <laughs> anyway i'm so sorry chapman that one was not intended for this week's first blog talk comes from Bacon with Wings. They ask, printing logistics aside, do you think we could ever see an onset with mixture of eternal acorn and silver border cards in the onset or in the same onset? Mark replies back with basically utmost certainty that silver border is now obsolete. God damn it. It will be permanently changed to the acorn. For onsets from this day forward. I think this is good. I think it's fine. Because I don't. Well, hold on. Hold on. T- uh, two cases here on my end. You you <clears throat> speak your piece first. When it comes to Black Border and having an acorn symbol on the card, like, you know, people always complain about uh, wizards not caring much about legacy and stuff. Like, this is just like a good uh, alternative injection into legacy viable cards outside of, you know, printing commander decks and stuff. Like, in Commander decks, you only got, like, a certain, like, scope of what you can do. And then in an unset, you can print a little more. Like, imagine if they start printing some different uh, cool uncards, like, card, uh, legacy legal cards in an unset. Like, this seems like a good, a good potential for them to do that. That's my piece. I think this is okay. Fuck you. I want my silver borders. I get the, I get the, the comfort feeling that silver border gives you. Don't get me wrong. Like, Silver Border is what unsets typically are, but adjusting to an acorn does ex- help expand what wizards can do in the in excuse their, in me, their sir. wider range sir. of formats. Sir, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Sir, the only thing unsets has is Silver Bordered cards. And halves. There is no others right now. And halves. And art acknowledgments. Stuff like that. <sighs> Let the fight begin. So anyways, uh, the next week's second blog talk comes from High Tide Spiral. Uh, he asks, or they asked, in the last few years, Magic has pushed so many boundaries in design, aesthetic, on aesthetics, and types of products, but set structure remains remarkably consistent. Why is the gimmick sets remain off-limits in contemporary design? I'd, I'd love personally, I'd personally love to see some new sets channel, channel um, wow, Challenging conventional set structure and deviate in game style. Mark's reply back is pretty straightforward. Um, again, this is his reply. 
because the one thing that needs to stay consistent is magic feeling like magic. Gimmick sets are significantly harder to make, play less well, and don't uh, excite the player base on average any more than a normal set. There's also no advantage to doing the doing them except to say we did, and that's just a bad excuse to design something. So, unsets will always have the the weird abilities, weird magic things. Yeah, but they're taking away one of the things that I I get it. You got to change with the times and all that jazz. But and yes, legacy does need some attention. I'll give you that. But Legacy does get a lot of other things like, I know the... Every card in Magic. Yeah. But specifically like some of those Secret Lair only cards. Like, yep. Like the Walking Dead ones and soon to be the uh, Stranger Things ones. But, you know, yes, that is a very limited pool and everything. But I don't know. I've just... I think the cool thing about Unsets is you can... Yes, you'll still, with the acorn, be able to tell that it is an uncarded and is not legal to play in constructed. But I still think that's going to confuse a lot of players, even the more veteran ones of going, hey, what? Because especially lately, there's been such an influx of new cards coming out that it's hard to keep up. Well, wasn't wasn't there like three different stamps used for this unset? They got the acorn. They have an acorn and nothing and then the oval. Yep. Well, yeah, nothings are for, like, non-rares or mythics and stuff. Like, they typically do. Like, you only get the oval stamp on cards that are for uh, rares and ups. It's not like they put they put the uh, the holographic symbol on anything that's below uh, a rare. Damn it, it checks out. Yeah, yeah, I know it does. These are my last two packs I won. <laughs> Daddy cut yesterday. No, I didn't get them I yesterday. Know. I was just saying yesterday. I don't know. I do because knowing Matt, he's late on a lot of things. So. No, I generally get them now because I come and host. Yep. So anyway, what are but your no, thoughts? Well, I I was gonna say I do agree with the you know the one thing that does need to remain remain consistent is the fact that magic is magic mm-hmm. because like even as fun as it would be to have some of those unconventional means come into more constructed play, the amount of fanboy rage that would happen if anything like that were to change. Yep. Holy shit! Well. So, the what the last time we got something close on set was meld. Uh, I mean, that's probably the closest we've come to no. an actual unset ability. No. Was meld? No, mutate. No. Wasn't well. Mutate no. is kind of. I like, suppose a mutate would yeah. be kind of an unset. No, but. no. The most recent one we had is AFR because of the rolling d twenties and shit. Like that. Dice, that was just on dice matters. That was on theme to the set, though. On yeah. theme to the set, but it was you can on do th- on theme with everything. Mutate is on theme to Corey. I didn't say unthemed. I said in theme. In theme. In theme. Uh, mutate is in theme with what Corey was trying to do. D twenty dice rolling is in theme with D and D. Yeah, AFR, and then it like, was an unset. So I mean, he's not wrong, I'm, but. I don't know. That one I don't necessarily count as much because when you're thinking about it, that one was a D&D magic set com- combination. So you've got to have some D&D pieces to it. But if you do remember, Maro went off on an article talking about what is going to be more standard in standardized magic as compared to unsets where dice matters is going to be a thing that's going to be in premium sets. Yeah. Like AFR from going forward. But things that are strictly unsets 
are going to be things that refer to flavor text that refer that refer to art styles and things like that like the difference is going to be there in just a more i don't know i get a nuanced way no i i get what you're saying like that random count the words in your flavor text that's how much of, of a boost your creature gets type of cards but or you know referring to if it has an acorn in the picture or that kind of stuff. I get that stuff. That stuff's never going to come into regular constructed magic play. But I mean, some of these, some of these things, like I don't know, you know, if we start bringing some of that into the constructed, it's just going to. It's in Cosmo problems yeah. and anything else. It's not going to cause more problems, folks. No, like, it, it it will. It would if you start oh. get, if you start doing in constructed. Think about a Boggles deck that would have some kind of an enchantment that goes count how many words you have in each one of the cards are we talking about like the the black border with an acorn or with an that, opal that's just any voltron deck but but i'm specifically going with no, that one yep, close to home yep, for yep, us I, I get what you're saying but it's gonna be any voltron deck yeah but but back to your whole dice rolling um i actually saw blogatog last week or two week before mark basically replied back to the fact that no one likes flipping coins. No one has a coin usually on them. Everyone has dice. Yeah. So we're going to go to dice rolling rather I mean, than coin flipping. I miss that blog at Tog then if that's the case. Yeah, that's that was that was a couple of weeks ago. I was going to post it, but then I was like, yeah. And well, I closed out of blog at Tog and then popped up. And I mean, all I, I missed my spot. But that's that's where the whole dice rolling comment came from. Is because no one had dice. Yeah, how many, or no one had coins. Everyone has dice. How many times do you go up to uh, to an FNM or to a commander gr- uh, group and stuff where it's just like, yeah, dude, I got all these fucking coins, as compared to like, yeah, I got these D six, I got these D twenties, I got these. D4s. I know. I know some people that have some of those specialty coins, like um, like the Game Nights coin that they mm-hmm. sent out a couple years ago and stuff like that. I know people that have years. those couple of years. Like, it has actually been a couple of years, sir. No, no, since no, the agree. coin came out. Anyway, don't say that. Mew was gonna times. say something for you guys. Both sh- cut them off like Jesus. dickheads. But it's like part of the thing also is like uh is that Pokemon has lots of coin flipping, but they include a coin with like every one of their products. Like everyone has a whole bunch of those. Yeah the trainer coin. Yeah. But it's like magic doesn't nobody has like a coin on them for yeah. like if if you need a quarter, you have to go buy a pop, and that's usually by carts. So no one has cash usually. And most people nowadays go, "Hey, I'm just gonna roll this d6. Evens are evens, evens are, are ahead. Yeah, evens are thing. odds." But outside of that, like if we're gonna be like looking at what like Pokemon does and stuff, like I do, I I've always been a strong proponent of this, especially since Magic went to Magic Arena. If wizards wanted to do anything they could look at the pokemon model of where they're like selling these pre-made decks having coins but with the codes to add in on arena i mean they kind of did that with the arena starter set they did that with the arena starter set and they do that with the pre-release kits but how often do they do it now like you don't get codes outside of that oh promo promo packs stick to the end of the episode we'll have information on uh codes nice but yeah that I mean, you guys got any more on, on your gimmicks? Nope. All right, Danny, back to your Candy Crush. I don't play Candy Crush. Fuck you. We're going to add a break here. Add a break here. Add a, oh, yeah. add, a, add a break here. Quick music break here for folks. Oh, wow. 
Okay, welcome back. And let's start off this week's news section with Alchemy is now live on Arena as of last Thursday. Along with the launch, there is a Welcome Academy event going on from now until December 17th. So this Thursday, uh, participating in it will get you three Alchemy Innistrad booster packs, plus three more after you get five wins in the event. But you can also purchase these packs for 1,000 gold per pack, or you can get 15 packs for 3,000 gems in the Arena store. These packs are duplicate protected, meaning, quote, if you already have four more copies of each Alchemy Innistrad card of that rarity you open, either rare or mythic, you'll receive a card of the same rarity from the Innistrad Crimson Vow set instead, or gems if you collected all the cards of that rarity. So along with also having uh, Arena being open, like another event that they got going on because of Arena or Alchemy being out on Arena, they have the Arena Decathlon. So with 10 events across 15 days and amazing prizes, the Arena Decathlon will test your skills in range of Magic Arena's game modes with a chance to score a chariot load of rewards in the Arena Decathlon finals, including one copy of each card of the upcoming Kamigawa Neon Destiny set available upon release. Each tokens from each event from the scheduled dates below, you collect three tokens from different events to claim one Arena Decathlon Finals entry. Earn six tokens from six different events and get two Finals entries. Eight tokens from different Arena Decathlon events will get you three Finals entries. Shoot the moon by claiming... (laughs) I'm sorry. Whenever I see the moon, I just got to like emphasize the crap out of that. Sorry. Sheba es- does this. Especially during an Innistrad set. Shoot the moon by claiming a token from all 10 Arena Decathlon events. And not only will you get three entries for the Arena Decathlon finals, but also an invitation to the February qualifier weekend, which will be Kamigawa. So from the 18th coming up on Friday You'll have an Alchemy and a Phantom Innistrad Sealed event going on from the 18th to the 21st. From the 21st to the 24th, you will have Phantom Innistrad, Crimson Vow, Traditional Draft, and new player decks. From December 24th to the 27th, you can play in Phantom Phantom Zeneca Rising Bot Draft to Historic Artisan. December 27th to the 30th, you'll be able to play in Historic and Alchemy Singleton. And then from December 30th to January 1st, you'll be able to play in Traditional Standard and Phantom Strixhaven School of Mages Turbo Draft. Links and stuff for all that down below. So, I did miss this. I did actually forget to put this part in the band section, but we did have bands. Danny, you want to give a quick read on some of these bands here? I see no bans in the ban restriction updates there. Yeah, I missed that. It was a long day for me. Well, you screwed up, so it's your turn. Post it. Okay, well, I'm covering for Danny here in the ban. No, you're covering your butt because you didn't do your job, sir. We had some ban announcements for Arena, but in historic brawls. So, quote from the article, with the Alchemy game update, the following cards will be banned in historic brawl. Agent of the Treachery, Field of the Dead, and Ugin, the Spirit Dragon. These cards have been overly prevalent in main decks, and each either exploits or pushes against one of the primary elements of the format, gameplay, focusing on single important permanent singleton deck building, or 
color restrictions. Although rebalancing is now a tool at our disposal, we intend to preserve the spirit of any rebalanced card. For these three cards in Historic Brawl, this still presents a problem as rebalancing would likely either result in an unsatisfying card or be infected ineffective at addressing the issue in cases such as this bans are still warranted so in historic brawl agent of treachery the blue blue five two three human rogue when it enters the battlefield gain control of target permanents beginning of your end step if you control three or more permanents you don't own draw three cards feel the dead classic land card that reads it ETBs tapped, it taps to add colorless, and then when it or another land enters the battlefield under your control, if you control seven or more other lands with different names, you create a 2 2 black zombie creature token. And then Ugin, the spirit dragon, eight colorless, legendary planeswalker Ugin, plus two, it bolts something. Neg, neg X, exile X, uh, each permanent with converted mana costs, for converted mana costs X or less. That's of one or more colors and then it has neg 10 uh you gain seven life draw seven cards and put the top seven card top perm seven permits from your hands into the battlefield and that is what we have with uh any alchemy updates i guess quick note mew big g do you guys have thoughts on alchemy have you played it since it got live last thursday i know i haven't uh like i said i really haven't played much magic in the last few weeks so been a little busy with work stuff so very understandable i'm you uh no I, I haven't even logged into arena because like i was busy playing uh the new Yu-Gi-Oh game that it released on switch very nice very nice honestly though that did remind me i did try to log in last night and play but i saw there was an update so i'm gonna update <laughs> on my phone get that update home yeah right now as what if i understand uh, what i understand i know the uh mtga zone uh, I think it was them that had a top 10 decks that you can look at to build an alchemy ready deck to play. I posted in the discord. Speaking of discord, if you guys want to join our discord, go over to uh, our link tree, L I N K T R dot E E slash this week in MTG, click the discord link and join in. We'd love to have conversations with you because we post a lot of different things ranging from uh, magic deck discussions to conjured currency in depth stuff there as well. And then you get to just like interact with Chapman and No Modifier, both badass dudes. I notice how you didn't mention Danny or I. You guys are here. You guys are here. Got to shout out the. Remember, remember, Big G. You're kind of like losing your. Uh, <laughs> he your... doesn't want your money anymore. Is what he's <laughs> That's saying. That's what I'm getting from him. He doesn't want my money. He just wants me to show up and bring booze so he can get drunk on a Monday night two things first off it looks bad <laughs> it does you're not wrong so i should probably just no no bring the booze bring the booze what i'm saying is it looks bad that you come here always on the podcast well no that's what i'm getting and at you i gotta just like crush chapman's ass well i gotta stop giving you money so i can stop crushing chapman's ass except for if he adds me on Dude. arena or we do some spell table then i can crush his ass there you go chapman this is an official call out by big g he wants to battle your ass for, him up. for ultimate supremacy of who wins <laughs> who wins the giveaways from now on even though I will probably have to step down from a Patreon since I am here a little bit too often now. It, it is beneficial. We've, we've covered this before. When someone asks for your signature specifically, I don't think you're a patron anymore. 
No, part yeah, of the podcast. So I, should, I should probably go update that somehow. <laughs> Stop giving you money. Yeah, because you're giving us money. Because you're part of this too. I mean, I guess you're just like I should, maybe money I should just maybe I should just keep that ten bucks in my wallet, <laughs> and then it doesn't get divvied out four different ways. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's keep moving on to the news section here. Amu, you got some information for us, don't you? Yes. This next news article will affect those who get Korean and Chinese draft boosters. Wizards of the Coast announced that last Wednesday they are removing the Korean and Chinese traditional draft boosters from their product line. So what this means is that in these regions, the set boosters are going to replace the draft boosters in Kamigawa and Neon Dynasty going forward. Wizards of the Coast stated that they are, quote, rebalancing their product lineup to better address player needs, unquote. They want players in those regions to have a better chance to collect cards through the list and the commander-specific cards that are put into the slots of the set boosters. Those that... Sorry, I just can't help myself when it's like, the list. The list. I can't help but think of Mark Turian from when they first brought that up. The list. Sorry. Continue. Those are that in this region that listen to this podcast, uh, do not fret for draft play is not going away. Draft will still be supported in these regions, but with English set draft boosters. So just draft, just draft boosters, not set draft boosters. All right, I've just read this question. I, I'm, 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 I'm legitimately asking, who is this question for? Oh, yeah, it's for those that are listening. If we got any of those listening to the uh, the, the the Chinese area, the Korean do we? Area. I don't know. I don't know how to like look that information up. That'd be a strange podcast of choice. I'd say that. <laughs> yeah, if any, if we got any Chinese or Korean listeners listening to us, hit us up. That'd be cool to know. I mean, yeah, maybe South Korea more likely. North Korea, they have like a lock on that shit. Like, I, I, I think that's entertaining of the guy that you've kind of half imagined up of just like, yes, these guys, these are the ones. I'll listen. Hey, it's possible, I suppose. Anyway, uh, let me get back to this. Uh, what do you think of this change Wizards is making with the boosters? Do you guys have any answers? I mean, it's like I know uh, for me. When it for, comes, for me, I don't really buy the foreign, like the foreign language cards, because I mean, it's the Japanese ones that only usually have the uh, alt art stuff. Well, currently, even, so yeah. even there with the yeah, stuff yeah. from like uh, the archive, because I can't read it, and if I don't look at the art regularly enough, I have to go, oh, what the fuck card is that again? <laughs> yeah, like I can't keep all the information of this card costs this much mana in my head. I can keep some of it for decks I play, but yeah, who for the, for me, I don't think this affects me all that much, but Oh oh yeah, for sure. It's not going to be affecting us at all, but it is interesting to see that the fact that wizards is going, uh, due to a quote, they want players in those regions to have better chance to collect cards. Uh, or they're rebalancing the product lineup to better address player needs. And that's something that plays in the back of my head. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a large company that's adjusting its product line to the Korean and Chinese market, which is all part of the, the APAC region. And, like, I mean, from my understanding, like, that's a pretty huge contributor to uh, purchases of Magic cards and stuff. Like, that region, they buy a lot of Magic cards compared to what the U.S. does. Like, U.S. still wins, but... 
the, the, the APAC region, they, they sell a lot of cards there still. Yeah. And the fact that they're just taking draft boosters out and making them English and having set boosters in place, I don't know, that feels kind of like uh, something sketches. Not sketch. I don't want to say sketch. It's uh, Something's off. Well, I mean, a little bit, but f- forgive me for not understanding. Like, I'm not very cultured in the fact of like Chinese and Korean culture. But how often are people going to be looking at English cards? Like, how much do, do do Koreans or Chinese people want an English language card? Well, it depend. I think it depends on what what they're doing because I don't remember where I heard this, but I know in both Korea and China a lot of them do speak English as their secondary language because for the most part, it is the language of business mm-hmm. throughout the world. Fair, very fair. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. If I'm going to a different country and proceeding in business, I would like to try to show some respect and speak the language in which I'm trying to do business with, but that's it. That's a business aspect. This is like, That's a just uh, me. and Well, no, this is a business aspect. Aspect in a matter of speak, too, because, I mean, we've talked about it. Wizards is a business. Yes. They're trying to sell cards. So, I mean, it it doesn't make all that much sense to me why they're changing it, but I don't know. Like, the only thing I can think of is that little, like, they do speak English pretty proficiently on average over there. They speak better English than we do. I would definitely hope that they'd have uh, the information and stuff for over there for their clientele of who's buying packs and like what their necessary requests are and i mean i'm definitely on the side of hoping that this is what's best for uh traditional chinese but at the same time like looking back at the american market now if there's going to be less korean less korean and chinese traditional printed cards going from kamigawa forward are those going to like fetch a premium as well who knows? Because it's going to be less than printed. But I mean, most sets are print to demand. So I mean, uh, yeah. fair so, enough. Like I guess, in re- in reality, they are. So if people are wanting more of them, they're going to print more of them because people want them. It's definitely going to be something that we're going to have to see how it evolves. Maybe we'll come back to this in like six months, and we'll talk to some people yeah. over on the Magic Financial Aid group that have more access to the overseas markets, and they can let us know. You know another one that might actually know quite a bit because he does prefer foreign language cards? Noah. Ooh. He does prefer foreign language cards, so he might not have it in depth, but he might have a good idea. Noah, if you're listening to this, hit me up. We'll like to get you on in the next week or two. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's next cover a company that if you're like Matt or me. <laughs> I was about to say, there's no way you fucking heard of this. Come on. Be honest with yourself. No, Thank I you. haven't, but... We've talked. We talked about it before the episode started. Sometimes you don't necessarily write the sentences in the best way, so I didn't know if this was a, you know, you were thinking. I'm all of us did anyway. Anyway, let's cover a company that, if you're like most of us at this table, have never heard of before: Beatles and Grimm's, a tabletop company known for making premium box sets of D and D adventures like The Wild Beyond, The Witch Light is now gearing up to announce a Magic the Gathering box on the 16th. Before we get into the Magic box, let's go over the typical box, what a typical box contains for something like D&D. There are two kind of boxes that Beetle and Grimm offer for each collaboration. 
First is their Platinum Box. For the Wild Beyond Premium Box, you will find poster maps, area maps, and tactical maps. Pre-painted miniatures, uh, an entire adventure book, a custom DM, DM screen, Dungeon Master for those who don't know, a bunch of unique artifacts and tokens, encounter cards, and in-world handouts. Plus, in the premium box, you will find four bonus adventures, artwork from the book on high-quality paper, and a platinum edition box. These typically retail for around $500. And most boxes, there is a lower tier called the silver edition, which you don't get as much, but they retail for about 175 to 200 So as it goes for Magic Collaboration... Not much details have been given out other than that there will be a platinum and silver box getting released along with Kamigawa Neon Dynasty in February. And as of now, you can get signed up for their update newsletter. We have linked down below. And I actually, while we were talking about stuff, I did sign up for the newsletter stuff. So I'm assuming uh, since it's coming out on Thursday, that it's going to be information coming along with the weekly MTG uh, live stream that Blake Rasmussen does every Thursday. Yeah, probably. We'll, we'll get more information there. So what do we think this one might be? Like, should we make some hot takes before Thursday? Let's give some hot takes. Round table. Who wants to start off with? What's one thing you guys think this will include? Okay. Matt. So if this is going to be a box where, like, they put... A module. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're if we're going off of what they've done for, like, uh, D&D, they've done uh, interaction or they've done collaborations with Pathfinder and stuff as well. So they're having extra stuff that just kind of, like, enhances the game in general. So trying to think of, like, what they would do to enhance the card game of Magic in general. And this is kind of like maybe putting off to the side that they would have a D&D book for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Like, they would have premium sleeves they would have dice and maybe like a playmat. Like that's my base of maybe like what their silver edition would have. I don't know what a platinum would include. Maybe instead of like just a dice, maybe it'd like the uh, the typical arch enemy click spin down counter. Maybe look at a coin. A coin <clears throat> or something like that. Yeah. But it's like, that's less like what I'm expecting of what's going to be in this box. And especially if something's going to be like $500, like previous, uh, like not only is uh, the witch, the the witch D&D set that they had, like they have a bunch of other collaborations and box prices, the, the platinum box prices are around that $500 range. And uh, a silver dollar, their, their silver box is around 175 to 200. Like that's definitely a very... They're, they're, they're marketing towards a certain clientele of Magic player that wants something like that. Like, I can't help but think that it's going to be like an EDH-centric thing. Like, let's think of EDH. Tokens. Maybe there'll be a specific... Oh, specific alternative art tokens of... Maybe we'll have some, like, ninja tokens coming out in Kam- uh, Kamigawa de- Dynasties. My hot take is it's going to be... Sim- it's going to be similar to, like, the crates you would get... For- used to get from channel fireball so it's going to have some of the stuff you talked about sleeves dice deck boxes that kind of stuff i think it might take a little bit more lean towards secret lair oh where it maybe it maybe it's not a super drop Ooh. but maybe it's kind of like a premium drop so maybe it has three certain things in it at where it's alt art cards that are hard to come by oh that's fucking that's that's good that's a good fucking take 
That's a really good take. So I th- like imagine it, all of a sudden you get like a, a, a new version of Eureka in an etched foil that's only a platinum edition Beetle and Grimm's. Yep. Card. And so maybe the platinum edition will kind of be that secret layer type of stuff along with the sleeves, the dice, the whatever. And then the silver edition is just the sleeves, the dice, the whatevers. Okay. Okay. Amir, something like this. What's what's uh, moving around in your brain mm. Nero synopsis? So it's specifically something for magic. It's not like we're, it's not like they're releasing some kind of D and D supplemental material that happens to be themed around Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Well, that's the thing. We don't have enough information. Like I did mention, it's like maybe, but maybe they have like a D and D thing going on. Like they have done. Like they just dropped their yeah, the Strict Chronicle- Haven book. Yeah, the Chronicles of Chaos or whatever, not Chronicles yeah. of Chaos, cur- Curriculum of Chaos and stuff like that. But when it comes to a D&D book, they give us like a few months in advance. Like we knew about the, the Strixhaven book back in October, September or something like that. They're like, hey, it's coming out. Get your pre-orders in. Like, I I mean, they do have uh, an actual book for the the Wild Beyond the Witchlight, like the entire adventure book. So maybe that's the case. Like maybe there's a, a Neon Dynasty. So are you going into like a, a take of like if it's D and D style? Yeah, but that's what I thought this was originally. Was like they had a product for it for a premium that like maybe would come like like module and all of the other fun stuff. I mean, it's very believable. Again, they have partnered with D and D on several different books, like the the Witch and the uh, God. What's it called? The, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. And they've done things with Pathfinder as well, which is another uh, uh, tabletop RPG. So maybe maybe you're right. Where it's more focused in on the uh, tabletop RPG of a and d style book of Neon Dynasties. So from there, what do you think we could see? Like Just kind of like a, a copy-paste of maps, miniature painted miniatures, and four extra adventures in that I can't imagine much else. Like, what what exactly do you include with all of the maybe like special dice? Probably, but yeah, but then, like if that, that, like everything listed there is kind of well the stuff you need to play it physically. You know, if that's the case, like don't get me wrong, I would definitely be a little underwhelmed knowing that that's the fact that it's like a five hundred dollar box for a D and D Magic set two point kind of thing. Like where it's like not a Magic a D and D Magic set plus. Like, you can get uh, uh, more, like, you don't have to print off the maps. Like, you just get, like, yeah. official maps, tactical maps and stuff like that. I'd be a little disappointed. But, honestly, it's very believable. Magic and D&D have shown multiple times, because we originally started off with Theros. Or, no, not Theros, Ravnica. Ravnica, Theros, and Strixhaven are the three that we have so far of the Magic D&D crossovers. Yes. Which the book will be exciting because then there will actually be an official profile for Kitsune, which will be nice. It's very true. It's very true. I did recently pick up the uh, the Theros book. It's right behind you. Yeah. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah. Beetle and Grimm dropping some new stuff there. Danny got any hot takes that we haven't covered? Nah, he's shaking his head. He ain't even gonna try to speculate. Nope. So I feel like this is a good because uh, because there's only one two ways of going and both of you cover both of them <laughs> so it's either going to be a dnd set or it's going to be magic themes or magic related items from a dnd producer yeah 
I mean, it, like, let's think about it. Like, if it's, they're set for making D and D boxes, if I'm, if I'm leaning towards one way, I'm leaning towards a new D and D set. I'm gonna lean towards uh, stuff that contributes to magic play. I'm gonna, like I'm gonna go magic too. Well, that's the thing though. It, it, it's I gonna, don't think you're wrong either way. It's gonna be in, like like we're saying it. It's gonna be magic related because it's gonna be a new magic set in D and I th- I think though I'm gonna go with the it's going to be Magic the Gathering card game focused rather than Magic themed D and D. When you go Magic card game focused, it's like we're just like assuming EDH and stuff since EDH is like their biggest format and shit that they're. I'm I'm just I'm going. It's gonna go have more to deal with the physical or, card game or, itself. Or is it gonna be a D and D themes box game like anthology? Hmm. I do like an anthology. I was I literally brought this idea up. I was talking to you about this when D D was released. Is to have a box oh, set like shit. anthology where You did mention this, each, I do remember. Each deck is your character and your deck is your inventory. And as further along the line of the story you get, the more stuff you get in your inventory, so the more cards you get from your deck and plays like that. So, That'd be you, interesting. so you don't have a so it's completely shuffled randomized deck and then you just basically are a planeswalker and you are going along story improving leveling up so you can use the old planeswalkers where you level the planeswalker up rather than having loyalty abilities or like the the multi-leveled uh, creatures the level up creatures out of yep. world wake and everything yeah yep, like that and you'd level up your creature and get stronger and better abilities for the long story you go. God, that would be so cool if that's how they bring level up back. It'd be interesting. That'd I'm, be I'm awesome. Literally brought this that. idea up. It's like, hey, we should create a like just for us. It's like, hey, we should create a D and D kind of yeah. deck set that we could just create a story along or book along. Yeah, you mentioned this around August or whatever. Yep, when like, D and D was, after... was coming out, or yeah. shortly thereafter, but. That I'm, I can see them doing like an anthology set, hmm. like a box game. That'd be fun. Okay, so you got set around D and D. So got, it's kind of a twist between both of you. You okay. got both uh, Amu and Danny here on a D and D focused box set, and you got uh, Big G and I more focused on uh, uh, magic based. So, so here, that's the thing, though. It's a fifty-fifty shot. He's, the whole podcast here. You guys are like magic related information. He's thinking Dean like an actual like D D like a module with like, stuff. Yep. Yeah. Which like is very believable. Where, you're where, gonna, where I'm combining before. the two into yeah. an anthology. So it's a magic game based around the D D format yeah. but with cards. I mean uh, that could be fun. I'm excited. Uh, join in on the Discord. I'll most likely be uh, posting updates as we get informed. I'm assuming. Okay. okay, so I'm not 100% positive, but I'm assuming that this is all going to be coming out along with Blake Rasmussen on their weekly MTG live stream and stuff. So uh, join the Discord. I will be posting updates and stuff as that go live. You know what I don't have to speculate or assume? What's that? That I might have to conjure up some money for these cheap pickups. That's such a good transition there. A little, a little rocky, but I'll accept it. So, from that news <laughs> section, Squirrel. we have the Conjured Currency section that we bring to you each and every week brought by the beautiful and wonderful MTG Stocks. 
They have an article called The Weekly Winners where they talk about three to five cars that move up in price and three to five cars that move down in price. So starting off this week, we have Blink Moth Infusion. This is a blue, blue 12. I repeat, 12 colorless blue, blue for an instant speed with affinity for artifacts and then you untap all artifacts. So this jumped up 158% chilling around now $10.25. But as of today, Monday night, uh, the 13th, you can still find this card at a market price of around $3. Average price around $10. A foil for Blink Moth Infusion only printed in 5th Dawn. 5th Dawn was like 13 years ago now, 14 years ago now. You can find a foil of it for $22.50. So this card uh, is recently moving up in a Calibrated Blast deck. So Calibrated Blast is a red and a two for an instant where you reveal cards from the top of your library to reveal a non-land card. Put the revealed card onto the bottom of the library Put the reveal cards on the bottom of the library in a random order. When you reveal a non-land card this way, Calibrate, Calibrated Blast deals damage equal to the card's mana value to any target and has flashback for red, red, three. So this is showing up in another form of the Calibrated Blast modern deck, and it's kind of taken off because you got like the, the Scion of Draco, uh, interaction here where it's the 12 mana 4 4 that gets uh, it has domain so the price is uh, the cost of it is reduced equal to the number of basic land types that you have so yeah uh, calibrated blast, blast and throws of chaos style deck where you get a Tokthon worm and a cruel sign of draco where you're just like dealing straight up big damage to a player's face and that's the reason why this card is moving up in price next up we have hunted phantasm which is blue blue one for a four six spirits it is unblockable and when it comes into play put five one one red goblin creature tokens into play under an opponent's control this card has jumped up 117 percent chilling around five dollars or five dollars six dollars and fifty cents but market price you can find for around four dollars 75 cents an average price moving up still around seven dollars 44 cents this card only printed in the original Ravnica set, which was around 10 years ago now, is moving up in price due to Toxrel the Corrosive, which is the slug, legendary slug horror that came out in Crimson Vow. That reads, uh, creatures you don't control get neg one, neg one till end of turn, and then whenever a creature you don't control with an, uh, a slime counter on it dies you create a slug token. So you're pretty much giving these goblin tokens to where it's like you're giving five away, you're drawing five cards, and you're getting extreme value for three mana for six. And this is moving up in price due to the the commander the, the commanderness of Hunted Phantasm in the Toxurel decks. Next in the weekly winners, we have Spawning Kraken. Spawning Kraken. Blue 5 for a 6-6 Kraken that reads, Whenever a Kraken, Leviathan, Octopus, or Serpent you control deals combat damage to a player, you create a 9-9 Blue Kraken creature token. This has gotten uh, has only been printed in the uh, Commander 21 set. It appears very well with Ramos Stromkirk. 
the market price or the average price on this is around $4.96, market price around $4.99. It does have an extended art version that you can get in set and collector boosters from Commander Crimson Vow Commander uh, boosters. So, yeah. Uh, Runo Stromkirk being a very popular commander, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is like in the top five commanders from Crimson Vow that people are really excited for, and people are building decks according to EDH Rec. And the Runo Stromkirk, Sturpent's uh, Octopus style deck is picking up, picking up in popular, popularity due to that. We do have a couple cards here in the, the number four slot. In Earl of Squirrel, it's a silver border card. It spiked to $83. The foil version of it did, but the normal printings of it are around $2.78. So this Earl of Squirrel is green, green, four for a four, four squirrel advisor with squirrel link. So damage dealt by this creature also causes you to create that many 1-1 one, one squirrel creature tokens. And then creature tokens you control are squirrels in addition to their other types. And other squirrels get plus 1, plus 1. So, uh, quote here from the article itself. It says, because remember, two and three winners this week are somewhat uh, concise because they're basically repetitions of previous spikes. I figured I'd include somewhat special fourth ones the foil version of earl of squirrel is going up hard its first spike is around 83 dollars and saw an average price point of around 300 dollars i deliberately did not include that price point in the header of this card for this article because i feel that's definitely a bogus number when we look at the market price of this foil card we see that it went up around two dollars to slightly above four dollars but it seems most foils have disappeared from the tcg player and carter kingdom marketplace but also we have the other printing of earl of squirrels uh, also, when we think that the price trajectory of the promo version of Earl of Squirrels, we see it has been steadily climbing up since May, and recently the market price also making a small jump from a buck forty to slightly over two dollars. That being said, in this version there are still a bunch of a uh, bunch of them available over on Card Kingdom and TCG Player, unlike the non-promo version of it. So yeah, these cards moving up in price. If any of them pique your interest, go check them out now. Who wants to give us some cheap pickups? Amu, you want to give us some cheap pickups here? Sure. I just read down this list, right? Yep. Yep, just read down the list. All right, first we have Ilmerth Desert Doom at $5.82 and tr slowly trending down. And then we have Teferi, who slows the sunset, going currently for $5.22, also slowly trending down, which, I mean, that's probably just because of Hey, the new set's now no longer the new set. That that does happen so much. And this Teferi, if we remember, has an infinite combo in standard right now. And you can easily like port that over to something like Modern or Legacy or Hell, even Commander, no problem. So if you're looking for a Teferi at $5, like now is probably your time. Because market price on this thing is actually $4 and a quarter, according to mtgsocks.com. I think I actually pulled one of those in my box of Midnight Hunt. Good for you. This is a powerful card. If we're going to be honest here, this is one of those cards, like, if you pulled them, 
I would highly recommend just kind of like chilling on because this thing untaps so much. It untaps a land, an artifact, and what, a creature is the other one? Untap up to one creature, one land, and an artifact. So yeah, the fact that this thing allows untap just gives it, 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 it opens the door for such amazing combo potential. If you have this card, sit on it. If you want to spec on a card, I don't think you're too far off from specking on Teferi Who Rises the Sun. Who slows the sunset? Yes, other direction. Other direction. <laughs> and we have Gauntlet of Power going for $6.93. You know, I really should pick that up for my eight and a half tail deck, considering how much, well, you know, my land's tapping for two, sure, helped. And this one is specifically the list version of the card. Oh, really? Yeah. This has a couple of the printings, like the original Time Spiral one, which is still around $8.50, but it has the Time Spiral remastered one, which is. Uh, the most newest printing of it? I get, Actually, I don't know. The list, I think, would be the newest version. So I mean, printed, so to speak. So is it printed in the... I did pull one, and I think it was out of my Midnight Hunt stuff. Okay, so power, uh, Gauntlet of Power is in Mid- Midnight Hunt set boosters. I believe so, yeah. Okay. But then the other one is the Time Spiral Remastered, all of which are nine, $10 and below. You can find one from the t- original Time Spiral for about $6.23. And then you can find one for the Time Spiral Remastered for $6.50. But what about that Masterpiece series, yo? <laughs> That's a real cheap pickup right there. In all honesty, surprisingly, compared yeah, to all the other meets, uh, <laughs> a Masterpiece printing of this that's sub $100. I mean, we're not... We're not financial advisors or anything for for something like this, but I don't think that you will be too upset if you pick up a Gauntlet of Power Masterpiece, the Keladesh version, for under $70. I don't think you're going to be upset. It's sitting on it for like 12 to 16 months. That thing will probably double in price because this is a Keladesh invention. These cars are already stupid expensive, and the, the, the cars that they pick are like really good. And this is just one that's probably getting slept on. Yeah, no, like Dave has like one of the foil ones in Ultima. And it's like, oh, that sounds like a good card from a manager. How much does that go? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Because, they're, yeah, they're all foils. So, yeah, yeah. under $70. Here, here's the question for you. Out of these two, which one do you think is the more expensive? Soul Ring or Mana Crypt? Ooh. Soul Ring. Mana Crypt. Ding, ding, ding. Danny's the winner. Soul Ring. Soul Ring. For the... Yep. For the Kaladesh Invention Masterpiece Series cards is sitting at about $950 right now. $950 fucking dollars? $950. What's the crypt? Mana Crypt is $790. Wow. Yeah. So it's got huge bump. And then the next one, next lowest is Mana Vault at $555. So. So. If you can find any of these master uh, masterpiece editions, like sub $100, like what? Painter Servant has to be sub $100, right? Uh, no. Almost 200 Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, uh, the first one on this list that is sub 100 it's at $99.75, is Torrential Gear Hulk. Goodbye. Oblivion Stone. Goodbye. That's next. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Meek Stone. Solemn Simulacrum, $85. You know how many how many EDH, EDH decks run a Solemn? Uh, a lot of those ones that have yeah. trouble with mana fixing, but yeah. yeah. You anyway. Want, you want your I mean, it's be... printed in every pre-con. 
well, almost every pre-con. The cheapest one from Masterpiece <clears throat> Kaladesh uh, is... Dupli- oh, no. It, there's multiple pages. Is there multiple pages? Yep. There, there's only four oh. on the back. Okay. Cataclysmic Gear Hulk, Viridius Gear Hulk, Gear Hulk, and Black Vice. But yeah, I don't know. Like, if he can, even at like 43, for the Cataclysmic, that's the white one that like board wipes. Yep. It board wipes and it's $43. I have seen that thing in EDH decks aplenty because it's an artifact creature that you can recur for stupid cheap. All right. But we have, uh, that's your contra currency section, I would say. There you go, yeah. And if you guys are looking to pick up any of these cards at a very reasonable price, go check out our friends over at TCGSniper.com. Uh, when you go over there, sign up, mention that the guys at This Weekend MTG sent you, and you get three months free of their plus membership for free. But wait, Matt, what if I'm a guy who doesn't want to buy singles, and I only want to buy those sealed products like Masters Series? Guess what? What, Matt? They do that there at TCGSniper.com. You're kidding. I am not kidding. You can enter in a box of Master Modern Masters 17, and you can get notified when they move down in price or move up in price. If you have a whole, like, five to six boxes of those that you uh, want to sell, just get notified when they're selling for like double what their price is now. Or if you want to be picking some up when they start dropping in price, go check out TCG Sniper as well. Thanks, Matt. Now I know. I just want to put a little note in here. I am I, I got uh, Hullbreaker Horror still <laughs> set up for like <laughs> six bucks. I have not been notified that people are selling for six bucks yet because they're a really good card. Going up or going down? It's just kind of like staying steady around that uh, $10 to $13 range. Mm, so going down. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, the. You're the, wanting to pick them up. I want to pick them up. It's such a good price. Hey, I got a couple. I'll hit you up. Hey, girl. First off, first off, I got a lot still on our open credit. And stuff. <laughs> yes, you do. Like Especially a, with those two new cards you added to it. Cards, but they're going to be worth it. Unfortunately, this week, our MTG Sniper can't tell you when Matt will run out of his trade cred with big g right i am bad at that but we do not have a deck of the week this week we've kind of run close to that time i would say we have no modifier in the discord saying it's like you guys you got to stop having a podcast that's longer than an hour and something minutes and here we are probably about an hour and 30 after the edit of this and stuff so yeah danny's still sitting here going i could be in bed right now hey hey we are much sweeter to be around. Wait, Matt, I've got a great idea. Oh, what's Instead your idea? of talking deck of the week, why don't we talk about some arena codes? So that way people can get their decks on arena ready. Oh, man. Look at you. I almost forgot about that. So thank goodness uh, when I played at uh, EDH, we had some amazing people that gave us codes to give away for arena, those arena players. So... I'm trying to think. What would be a good way to give away those arena codes? We have three codes to give away of the... You just enter them in and you get, like, cards or uh, I, IRCs and stuff. How, how, about, how about the next next week's podcast? First three people to comment on Twitch. Ooh, there you go. Get them. Okay, there we go. First three, first three people. Different people. Yeah, it can be the same person to comment three times. It's Correct. first three people. 
Now, here's the real question. What if they have three different accounts and they comment? We know who they are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just clarifying so we know where the rules are. You know, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Okay, so first three people that comment on Twitch next week, they will get a code. We have three to give away, and you will get a code to Arena to open some of those IRCs and whatever that you get from the FNM promo packs. Nice. Because I don't play Arena, and I'm not giving mine away. Or I'm giving mine away because I don't use them. And we had a couple other people that donated as well. We'll give them Matt's phone number, have them FaceTime in order to get it. So we make sure the three different people. Don't FaceTime between uh, 7.30 and 8 o'clock. I may or may not be in a towel and wet hair style going on. That's the exact time I'm going to FaceTime. I can't wait then. That's the case. Fun fact iPhone users can now FaceTime with Android users, so don't be scared of that. If you're an Android user, FaceTime me. Hey, Matt. Why don't we go ahead and end this thing, man? Please, Ah. before it gets any darker. It's not dark. It's not dark. (laughs) With you, everything is dark. Yes. So thank you all to you legendary magic folk for making the end of episode 118 of This Week in MTG. And another big thank you to our lovely, lovely patrons, Amu, Big G. Thank you so much for being patrons. Why? I don't know, but we definitely thank you for it. And we want to give a big and a big and lovely thank you to our sponsor, J Dub Sports Cards and Gaming. Go check them out for all of your magic purchases. Make sure to join them tomorrow night or tonight if you're listening to the edited version of this, where they have their uh, trade night Tuesdays going on. And I'll probably be there again on Saturday for some modern. If you want to come and kick my butt at modern, please do. I will uh, put a post-it note on my ass for you with your name if you let me know that you're going to be there. And with that, if any of you guys have anything else you want to add, Danny. Why am I here? Big G. Fuck yeah, party on. Amu, you got anything you want to add to this? Thank you for dealing with our shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly Matt's shit. That you listen to every week for yes. some reason. He says yes, like he listens to it. He's like, eh, you know, I gotta give it like a month. Like maybe once a month I'll listen to it. And stuff. <laughs> a little more than that, certainly. <laughs> you, there we go. Be truthful. You just Turn your binge. mic on. I turned it off because I thought we were done. <laughs> you, you, we're <laughs> never done. You binge listen to the episodes, don't you? Be honest. Don't lie If it's to only us. once a month, you've got to binge listen to well, these things. Well, it's more than once a month, sir. Okay. He binges two at a time. <laughs> one, what for each, one for each hand. <laughs> eh, I, don't, I don't think my phone can do that. <laughs> Little side note. I know the last time that you were on a mute, you're... <laughs> So your mom and my mom are good friends. Yeah. And your mom hit or my mom hit me up saying is like, Yeah, your mom didn't like the episode because we swear too much during it. I'm like, <laughs> Oh I was not because I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting your mom's stuff. So um Well when your moms are friends and your mom listens, she's gonna make sure her friends listen to it too. <laughs> Jewel, if you make it this far, I am so sorry. We love you so much. I don't know you, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that we swore so much, but I have to get it out at some point. I can't do it in the school setting. And with that, we will catch you folks next week. See ya. 
Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Shoot! The moon.